Welcome to Machine Learning, Faith in God. You know, I I was thinking back on a, a statement that a person made about faith in God and and the need to trust Him and to have faith in that He can fix broken dreams and that we can take our problems to him because he's our friend and you don't have, and you, when, especially when you don't want to let go and through Christ receive peace and rest. You know, there will be a day where Christ returns back to the earth and the question will be, will we see him as our friend or will we see him as the great Messiah, or we see him as um, one who is coming in glory that we don't know. So one of the things that we can have is faith. We can have faith that God is good, that he's kind, that he has our best interest in mind, that he has power, and with that power that he can help us. And that's very personal. We may not understand a God of glory who comes walking on the air, has command over the waters, who is the great creator of the earth, uh, the heavenly king of the universe. We may not understand that entity because... That's something that we can't do, and we we may not relate with that. That doesn't change the essence of who he is and what he can do. He is God, and he has that those type of powers. But what is really more important to us, and as we live our daily life, is to believe that he can he can fix our broken dreams, and that's one of the things that is very important. I was reading a book called Crucial Conversations. It's a, a, a popular book uh, on the market. I'd read uh, read that book several years ago <clears throat> about, at that time I took away from it, it was very important to have honest conversations and to try to seek truth rather than to seek political popularity, but to seek truth and through seeking truth that you could gain uh, independence from negative behaviors or patterns that were non-productive and destructive. But now when I read the crucial conversations, I take from it that we can take our ideas and build actions from them. We can build our dreams. And we never want to surrender our pen. And what that means is letting someone else define for us who we are. When I write down on my piece of paper who I am, it paints a very different picture than what other people may think of me. And... I try to be my best advocate. It's hard sometimes when you're seeing 
outside influences and they're communicating disapproval. Um, to believe that you're still valuable. In fact, sometimes I've found myself communicating to my wife that I wasn't valuable in the eyes of other people. And I began to start to believe that I couldn't do the work that I knew I could do and was capable of doing and had proven myself time and time again with numerous companies that I could provide value to the company that the owners recognized, capitalized on, and built their companies upon the designs and patterns that I had built. And I had proven myself among my peers among the academic world, among the business world, and among my personal life world, that I was a person capable of doing great things. But when we listen to criticisms or judgments or um, sarcasm, we may be handing that pen over to another person. A confident person is not afraid of criticism because they have a strong self-identity of themselves. And that and that capability is powerful. When we keep the pen in our hand, we are taking direct responsibility of what we can change. We can write what we want to do. We can write what our dream is. And then we can take actions to do that. I remember several months ago, we set out for a goal to go to Mexico. Is the first time we, any of us, had, the first time I had ever been out of, of the United States. And frankly... To that point in life, I did not have a desire to leave the United States or to cross over large bodies of water. And I had told my family uh, that wasn't going to happen. I wished them well if they got married and said, it won't be me there. But for some reason, I redefined my definition of what I was afraid of. And the fears that I had when I was 10, when I nearly drowned and escaped death because I prayed to God that he would save me, and he did, through my father, who jumped in while I was drowning and managed to get me to shore while he himself was in dire straits of drowning. My mother miraculously was able to grab his hand and pull him to shore, and our family that day was saved. And after that, I concluded I would never put myself in a situation where I was trapped by water. But that promise, again, changed my definition of who I was, and that became a shackle 
upon me to prevent me to do things that I um, would enjoy in life. And so when I was on a vacation, I decided that I would go out on the water and watch dolphins. And it was such an enjoyable experience that the opportunity outweighed the fears. And I started to redefine my life as it was related to my fears. And I took ownership of that pen. When we decide to turn our life over to God's will, we realize that God is love. Because love is essential to building trust. Some people say that trust is a product of confidence. Some people say that trust is the result of proof. Some people say that trust is the result of relations. But I think that love, the trust is a product of love. Why do we trust God? We trust God because we love God. And if we don't love God, how can we trust him? Christ often said that we know the master because we trust him and we obey his commandments. And how can we know the master unless we do what he asks us to do? In other words, how can we know the master unless we love him and are willing to put our will in his hands and follow his ways? Just as I have students, if they do not trust me or love what I am teaching them, they will eventually abandon both me and what I'm teaching them. Love is critical to building trust. You know, where do we find God? Some people say they can find God in church. Others can find God in nature. Other people find God in family. And some people have found God in a cold cell, meaning they were in prison. And they realized that they didn't like what their life had become. And they wanted to change. And they wanted to become better. And they wanted to find God. And at that point, they prayed to him and they felt something. They felt something that they hadn't felt before. They felt something that filled their life where there was nothing but emptiness, that they had a shell of life, but they weren't living life to the fullest. And they had broken dreams. They had dreams when they were kids of doing great things, to traveling to distant countries, to serving and changing life for many, to having families, to having uh, careers, jobs, wealth, cars, whatever their dreams were in their mind, they had those dreams, but they were broken because of choices. Just as 
Children bring their broken toys with tears to men. So can God take those broken toys and repair them. We can bring our broken dreams to God and tell him what they were because he is our friend. A friend is someone that you can share feelings with. A friend is someone who you can share concerns with. A friend is someone who you can share your dreams with. God is your friend. You can share your dreams with him. He will work in your best interest in all things. And so when someday when we see God walking on the air, coming in glory with power, with so much power that missiles or gunfire, anyone that would try to oppose him will burn at his presence or would cower and hope that the mountains bury them will not be able to hurt him. We can see when that, that day we see him, we can look up and say, that is my friend.